Welcome, everybody. Let's talk real estate. Your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving this market today to find the best solutions going forward. With our man right in the middle, it's Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul, and good morning to all of our viewers and our listeners out there. Welcome back. It's Tuesday, and uh, you know it. If it's Tuesday, we're talking real estate. I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company and managing partner of Saywitz Properties. And if it's one thing I've learned in my 30-plus years of doing this, uh, it's to surround yourself with good people, get informed, make good decisions. The sun is out, so try and enjoy yourself. And so that's what we're going to try and do today. I'm excited about today's show. Before we get going, I do want to wish everybody out there an early happy 4th of July. Uh, Independence Day, go out, barbecue something, uh, catch some sun, go to the beach, do what you need to do, enjoy your family. We will be on hiatus for the month of July. Uh, Barry needs a summer break, and so we'll be back the first week of August. In the meantime, we have some important stuff to uh, attend to today, so I want to welcome our esteemed guest, uh, Gene Hernandez, the mayor of the wonderful city of Yorba Linda here in Orange County. Gene, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Barry. I really appreciate that. Yeah, so I wanted to have you come on the show. We have done a series of mayoral interviews for various different important cities in the county, and Yorba Linda is certainly on our list of those cities to not only inform our viewers and our listeners out there for those who aren't familiar with this city, but also recognize all the great achievements that you guys have done and, and will continue to do going forward. Yeah, we seem to be on a lot of people's lists, so I'm glad to see we're on this one, Barry. Yeah, no, you've been on the list for a while, so I'm glad you're here. So so I want to start, let's rewind a little bit, because I know you have a long history in law enforcement and longtime resident of Orange County. I want to rewind back to uh, sort of yesteryear. Talk to us about how you originally got from your previous uh, career into politics. Well, that's an interesting story. Um, I started my career actually by going to a career day when I was in high school, sophomore in high school, and I heard an LAPD officer speak about law enforcement. I said, wow, that's what I want to do. Of course, I loved watching Dragnet and Adam 12. And I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. Work outside, you know, I'm not, not in an office. And I geared my education towards that. So once I graduated from Burbank High, I went to uh, San Jose State University and got a degree in administration criminal justice, which launched my career into police work. Uh, I started my career with the city of Fullerton. That was kind of an interesting story. My wife's sister at the time was dating the city planner of Fullerton, and he said, hey, they're really in need of officers. Why don't you try down here? I grew up in Burbank, so I didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about uh, Orange County. But once I came down, I applied, I was hired. I loved it, loved it. So that was kind of my launch into police work where I'd spend the next 35 years. Uh, I found my home, I found my niche. I loved police work. Police work's people work and I like working with people. So from there, I ended up, uh, once I retired after 35 years in two department, or three departments from Fullerton to Orange to Chino uh, as the chief, I was in retirement mode except at the same time, I was also becoming the uh, Rotary International District Governor for my district, which is very intense, three years. Mm. So I finished that, and then it was like, looked at my wife, what are we going to do now? And she said, why don't we, let's look into the city of Yorba Linda. We haven't done anything here. And she's right. I lived in Yorba Linda through all three of those departments, but when I say lived, that means I slept there and I woke up and I was involved in Fullerton and Orange and, Yorba, and uh, Chino but not necessarily in your Belinda. I mean, I slept there, the streets were clean, trash was picked up, I had no reason really to get engaged. And I said, well, that sounds like a good idea. So that was kind of my foray into your Belinda. 
And so in terms of the desire uh, or need, whichever one it was, to get into politics, what was the motivator to, to get involved with the city council? You know, it's funny you say that because actually politics was not on my bucket list. In fact, I was going to run like like a scalded dog from politics. I had, as a police chief, I was exposed to council meetings, and he actually as a captain too. So for about 15 years of my career, I had to go to council meetings, and I saw what these people had to put up with, and I saw some very good politicians, some very weak ones, and I, I said, this is not for me. I, I don't want to do this. I don't have an ego big enough for this kind of thing, and so that was not on my bucket list. Then I got asked by a couple of community members in Europe, hey, Gene, would you think about running for council? I go, no. I said that three times. They said, okay, look, just do it. Do us a favor. Just go to a council meeting and listen, and then you decide because we've got a really bad setup here. And I agreed. I said, okay, I'll go to a council meeting. And they were right. It was terrible. <laughs> that council had total disdain for the community. They weren't listening to us. They didn't want to know what we thought. And I thought, this is not good. And that was my motivation to run. And as luck would have it, I got elected. Yeah, so we're glad you're here, and we appreciate all of the fine things that you and the other council members have done for the city. Um, and, and so let's talk about your Belinda as a city for a second, because uh, to me, it's it's one of the most beautiful and peaceful uh, cities in Orange County and really has a long history dating back to President Nixon. Right. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, birthplace of President Richard Nixon and home of the Nixon Library. Actually, we, we started way back when in the 1800s uh, by Bernardo Yorba, when, or Antonio Yorba actually, who was part of a Spanish expedition. And as uh, a thank, thank you for your service, he was given a land grant, uh, the Yorba land grant. And that was the formulation of the city of Yorba Linda. In fact, it's named after Yorba, the Yorba family, and Linda meaning beautiful. So it was a beautiful area. And from that, we then grew very slowly. We were an agricultural community, very slow. In fact, we're probably the last city to really come to full fruition in the county. And as a result, we have a very uh, homey, small town atmosphere and attitude, which is, prevails today. And that's the challenge, to keep that attitude while still living in a major urban environment. Yeah. And, and all pre the 91 freeway really tucked in the hills and, and and really off the beaten path but with the opening of the 91 freeway the expansion of the 91 freeway that major artery really from the inland empire back into orange county i really feel like in the last 15 or 20 years the city's really taken off well it's funny you say that because we incorporated in 1967 and at that time we had 1100 residents from the next 10 years, we would now grow to like 890% above that to 111,000. I'm sorry, uh, from 1,100 to 11,000. The next 10 years, we'd grow to about 70,000. So you can see rapid growth. That was the challenge for an elected. How do we maintain a small uh, uh, community attitude yet growing? And remember, we had uh, rural agricultural roots so that really defined what we would become as a city, as you say. And as you grow, you have diversification. You have a bunch of different dynamics that come about. And then the city, I felt like, grew from not only just uh, mostly agriculture, but now you have the Savvy Ranch. And so you have development, you have businesses, you have industrial, you have retail, and, and everything that goes into a major city. That's correct. And we had to really manage that well. We are primarily a, a residential uh, suburban community. We export our workers. In other words, 
people that live in Yorba Linda leave at 8 o'clock in the morning to go work elsewhere in either uh, San Bernardino County, Riverside County, L.A. County, or the rest of Orange County, and they come back at 5 o'clock. So during the day, we're still, you could shoot a cannon down Yorba Linda and not hit anything. So it's very, very still that homey, small-town community. The trouble is, not trouble, I said the positive news is that the, the people that do live in Yorba Linda love it, and they love that quiet. Yorba Linda is a very well-to-do community. We have a lot of corporation owners and leaders uh, throughout the Southern California that live in Yorba Linda. So there's a lot of wealth there, but the difference between us and like Newport Beach, ours is understated wealth, where Newport's more flashy wealth. You're going to see a lot of nice cars, a lot of Rolex watches and diamond rings. Yorba Linda doesn't do that, but we have just as much wealth. Yeah, no, and, and Yorba Linda really is with the likes of a Newport Beach or Laguna Beach in terms of the wealth and the average income, if you will, and, and certainly uh, the cost of living in, in Yorba Linda from a housing standpoint is, is really at the top of the ladder. So, But historically, Yorba Linda has been, and I think I was reading somewhere, Yorba Linda at one point was the, named the most conservative city in the state of California, <laughs> maybe in the country. That's probably still true today. We are very fiscally conservative. I think we're a progressive city in the sense of that we're aware of what's going on around us. And that, that was probably one of the major differences when I first got on council. When I first got on, we were in transition. The mindset prior to that had been, you know, let's put a bubble over Yorba Linda and not let anybody else in and let's just live our own life. Well, the trouble with that is, is that we're impacted by the rest of the state and the county. So if you don't have a seat at the table, you're on the menu. So one of the things that we changed, we got more actively involved in the rest of the county and recognized our regional role as a city. And that's the big difference you see now that we are engaged and involved. Just because we may not have the same problem they're suffering in South County or West County doesn't mean that we shouldn't be helping that region out also. As the region grows and prospers, so does our city. Yeah, and to me, that's just a smart business move overall. I mean, you have close proximity to Corona, which has, has grown exponentially just like your Belinda over the years, and it is really the thoroughfare from the Inland Empire, and then you're close to Anaheim, which is you know probably the, the biggest uh, metropolitan city that we have. And so. It's important, I think, to, to play a role in the county as a whole. And I think one of those things that really has opened up some of these other bedroom communities has been the transportation. So you, you have the toll road, you have the 91, you have the expansion of really all the major arteries. I'm going to guess, but I want to ask you, I mean, hasn't that helped Yorba Linda grow so that these executives that do live within your city have the ability to get to South Orange County or to get to different parts of, of Southern California pretty easily? Well, that's a complex question because help it to grow. You're assuming Yorba Linda wanted to grow. Right. Uh, Yorba Linda did not want to grow. Yorba Linda is in a, actually what I would call we're in a state of transition right now because it's such a desirable place to live. People want to come in and that promotes growth. You have two Yorba Lindas. You have traditional Yorba Linda and Nuvo Yorba Linda. Traditional Yorba Linda, hey, you know what, we like the way it is, no more growth. Nuvo Yorba Linda, hey, you know, uh, it's a great city, I want to live here. By the way, I'd like to see some more amenities. I'd like to be able to go to a theater. I'd like to have, you know, really nice restaurants and spend our tax dollars in our city. So that's kind of how we're transitioning. But to your question about the uh, the 91, I also happen to be uh, the chair of the uh, Orange County Transportation Authority. So I have firsthand knowledge of what, what that's going to mean and what it does mean. Well, the problem with the 91 is that uh, most of us uh, who live in Yorba Linda, we cross the 91. We don't necessarily take it unless we're going to L.A. or Riverside. The problem is, though, a lot of folks get off on Yorba Linda Boulevard 
and they shoot across La Palma to go all the way down to Rose so they can go back up into Brea because they find out it's quicker, not as much traffic. Right, right. So we're getting a whole lot of traffic that's not your Belinda traffic. I get it. And I don't think that the 91 will ever be big enough. I think you could have, you know, 20 or 30 lanes wide and it'd still be crowded. That's the thinking that, you know, Bill and they will come. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And so there's that's a philosophical uh, discussion about, well, let's pinch it. Let's keep it smaller, and that will force people. They'll get tired of sitting in lines and go elsewhere. Well, that hasn't been the case. People are willing to spend time in those lines and or the fast track and go that route. So I think we're, we're going to hit a, a good median. We have to work with our neighbors, Riverside and uh, San Bernardino counties, because it doesn't do any good for us to really facilitate our traffic through our county if it gets uh, deadlocked in, right in Riverside. Right in backyard. Right. right. Yeah, no, and, and, you know, we've talked about it on other shows. I mean, the working class folks who work in Orange County, uh, many of them cannot afford to uh, live in many of the places of Orange mm-hmm. County just because of the cost of living. So they have to come from further east, which is more affordable. And, you know, you do what you got to do. You got to travel the 91, which really is the only major artery. And so it's a fact of life. I think it's not going away. That's a huge issue, and you just hit on it, is the affordability. Yorba Linda is, is a very wealthy community, which means it has high-end homes. We also have very low-end uh, to meet state requirements, but where we're hurting is in the middle, the middle class. Yeah. So we need a greater palette of uh, home selection, and that's that's one of our challenges now that we deal with. And so that's one of the things I want to ask you as well is, are there some new projects in the city, whether it's development either on the commercial side or the residential side, that you can share with us? Or is it really, you know, it's slow and go because there's really not, uh, one, the economy slowed down, so there's a lot of big development. But number two, really you have this push-pull with, uh, you have a big movement really not to have a lot of growth. Well, we've had, uh, I've gone to a number of, of seminars where economists talk about the trends. How, how cities are going to grow. And I've seen what they're projecting for Yorba Linda. Yorba Linda, in the next 40 years, is only expected to grow about 5,000 additional residents. 5,000. So about we're going to reach our max. We think we're already built out, but 40 years. So there's not a whole lot of room for growth. Well, of course, the state of California looks at it differently. Right. They have an attitude of, hey, can you see the sky? Then you're not built out. Well, that's not Yorba Linda. We do not want to build up high-rises. We're not in Irvine. Santa Ana or Anaheim. We don't want that look. That's why people come to Yorba Linda. They like open space. And when I say we're almost built out, we have a large uh, interface, uh, wildlife interface and uh, fire area that we can't build in the hills. Yeah. Uh, they won't let us and we don't want to. So we have to pay attention of, okay, where can we get this affordable housing element? And that's what we're working on right now to meet the what we call RENA numbers, Regional Housing Needs Assessment right. numbers. We're working hard to meet that. We think we've got a solution. Part of that is going to be Savai Ranch. Uh, we think we can put some mixed use in there, some housing uh, units in there. The owner seems to be amenable to that. So that's one area that we're looking to develop and grow. Yeah. I mean, you just have limited options based on not only the topography, but just also the fact that you're really confined just by the, the, the size of the city and what's already there. Well, we have a lot of uh, large property, horse property, equestrian property. Uh, the trouble is, the parents that own the land love it. They don't want to do anything. As soon as they pass, the kids say, all right, let's divvy up, get the money, we're out of here. And then it becomes developable. And now all of a sudden you have more dense housing, apartments, condos, in areas that were traditional uh, uh, residential with with equestrian areas next to it. That's our challenge right now. How do we maintain 
our home style feel comfort with more people wanting to come in and and talk about i guess in terms of um public safety and where that falls on your list of priorities from a city's perspective you know it's funny you say that that's one of the issues when i ran that i was elected on was it was it had split the community we had brea pd it was we con we're a contract city so we were contracting with brea and the council then wanted to go with the sheriff's department thought we'd get a better deal well, they were right. We were going to save a couple million dollars, but how they presented it was not right. So the, the community was just divided. So we ultimately went with the sheriffs, which was probably the best move we did. So we are now considered one of the seventh safest cities in California and one of the 100 best places to live in the United States. So we really are appreciative of the priority we put on uh, public safety, uh, and that's a huge issue for us. That is one of our major issues. We want you to be safe in our community. Yeah, uh, and I think that's that seems to be the view from all the folks that we've had in, uh, in in Orange County. It's a top priority, as well as trying to solve, which I just don't know if it's solvable, the housing dynamic of you know how do we balance uh, the growth with the cost with uh, having diversification. Well, that kind of gets us into a political issue, and I wish Sacramento would let us decide that. They come up with a one-size-fits-all philosophy, and it doesn't work for all the cities. What works in L.A. is not going to work on Yorba Linda. We know what the goal is. Okay, we need more housing. We want more uh, larger housing pallet, more selection. We get it. But when we get these mandates that you have to build this number of houses, all you're doing is upsetting the neighbors. The community goes nuts. And we, as electeds, have to kind of stand between the two forces and get ground up in the middle. Yeah, and, and we've talked about it with other mayors from other cities and Tony Strickland and Huntington Beach is probably at the forefront of that conversation uh, opposing what uh, is coming out of Sacramento. But the fact of the matter is, it, it seems to me as a businessman that the market should dictate what housing exists and and what the pricing is and what kind of housing there is, as opposed to somebody who's sitting in an office saying, I think you should build this here, and they don't have any experience or knowledge about what's going on. In the That's so true. They don't have the experience. They look at it and say, you should build this. Who? Developers don't want to build low right. income. They want to build high end because they sell in your Belinda. They're not going to build low end. So unless there's some incentive for that to occur, it's very, very tough. Yeah, and then with the dense development comes other things. You need ancillary retail and other things to support that type of dense housing, and then you have the traffic and everything else. So you run up against public sentiment, not only from just changing what is there, uh, but you have these other factors that go along with it. And, and so, I mean, what you're saying is really not much different than most of the other, if not all, uh, of the other mayors, at least in Orange County, who have said the, the same thing, which is just let us figure it out on our own. Why you got to tell me what to do, Dad? Yeah, we know what we need to do. We know we need more affordable housing. I, I hate to even say affordable because affordable is dependent upon what the income uh, average home goes for in your city. Well, in our city, it's, the average home goes for a million dollars. So affordable would be 700000 Well, 700000 is not affordable to anybody. We need to get down into the three, 350000 dollars and make that attractive so that when our, our own children who leave to go to college, they can't afford to buy any Orba Linda. So they take their brain power somewhere else. Right. That's not good. Right. No, I agree. And it'll be interesting to see what happens because you combine this whole uh, movement, if you will, from Sacramento of dictating what's going on with the fact that you still have to look at the economy as a whole. Right. And you have to look at it and say, hey, are we going into a recession? Are we going to even curb inflation? I, I heard a story on the news this morning i had the tv on as i was getting dressed and they said oh the good news is inflation's slowing down the cost of buying a hot dog and a hamburger for fourth of july will be less than it was last year and then 
uh, by what a penny uh i mean and is that dictate what happens to home sales i say no and that's a false narrative uh, less than a penny well the reality is it was high then too right so you lowered a little bit it's still high uh yes and i don't think we're entering a recession i think we're in a recession everyone wants to deny it but i think we're there look at uh, what you pay for your groceries now if you can even get them uh, look at the interest on on homes or it's huge right so we i met with one of our bankers yesterday and they basically said that with what the Fed is proposing to do with two more potential interest rate hikes uh, in the near future, that interest rates on apartment buildings and commercial property will likely go in the seven and a half to eight percent range, which that's for good borrowers with good product. Yes. Right. Bad yes. borrowers or marginal borrowers with marginal product will be in the eight to eight and a half range, which makes construction money and hard money in the 10 plus percent range and so if you don't tell me that there's a problem with that when just if you blink and going back a very short period of time you had interest rates in the three and four percent range that impacts home buying ability that impacts spending uh, and then you look at credit cards and, and, and if you have credit card debt you probably got to notice that your rates going up to 30 percent and most importantly it, it impacts homelessness people that are able to work can't afford to live in in our county so they end up on the streets these are people that can work they just don't make the income to afford to buy a home so there's a lot this very complex issues and uh, uh, we work hard to try to to come to a, a solution that's amenable for everyone we recognize that workers have to come into your belinda how do they get there how do our domestics come into to your belinda well they take the bus or they have to travel some distance because they can't afford to live in your Belinda. Well, we should have an ability for these folks to live in your Belinda too, if that's their desire. Yeah, no, and I just I think from a consumer perspective, uh, like you say, it, whether we're in a recession, whether you want to believe it or not, you have to control your spending and you have to watch what you're doing because really the cost of everything is going up. I, they made an announcement that this year's crop of orange juice, for example, uh, is going to be the most uh, challenged crop in 100 years because there's some disease and or uh, a gallon or half a gallon of orange juice could go to more than $10, uh, just like we had the problems with the eggs. And remember, we had the ALAR with the apples. I mean, we we have problem with eggs, milk, bacon, beef is becoming uh, more expensive, and it's almost like we're willing to accept these prices and not change. And I, I think we're going to get to a saturation point where people are going to say, "Enough's enough." Well, and this I think isn't it, working. And we've already started to see it on the real estate side. You have a softening in the office market, just still left over from COVID. And now, I don't want to say there's a softening on the multifamily market because it's not really soft, but you, you do have the public perception that I should be getting a deal, right? That things are worse. And so what, what we see in, even in our own businesses, that uh, whether it's on the residential home buying side or whether it's on the apartment side, what used to be, hey, here's the price, that's the deal, take it or leave it, people are wanting to haggle. And then one person gives a little something and then all of a sudden the market is soft and, and your cost of a hamburger is now less you know, by a penny. We are very fortunate that in our city, because it's a very nice city, a safe city with an excellent school district, that high dollar people want to come in to your Belinda. Uh, in fact, we get a lot of uh, offshore uh, folks that want to come into Yorba Linda, they're willing to pay a couple million for a home. In fact, they'll buy two homes at that price. So it's like, okay, how do we stop this cycle? Because developers are making a lot of money, but at some point in time, it's going to impact our community. We want 
our average folks to be able to live in our city. Yeah, well, it's no different than somebody from Orange County moves to Las Vegas or Arizona and goes, hey, this real estate's pretty cheap. Somebody who's coming in from, from outside, either whether it's from Los Angeles or overseas, says, it's a good place for me to invest. That's exactly right. Yeah. So from a global perspective, I guess, what are the things that from your watch, I guess, that you're looking at at least, I guess, short term between now and the end of the year, the next six months? Is it inflation? Is it war in Ukraine? Is it uh, supply chain issues? What are the things that you think are the most important that are going to impact Orange County and your city? Of course, all of those things are important. But I think for us, it's the economy. Uh, that's going to be a huge issue. We are fighting that desperately to make sure that we can uh, maintain uh, our quality of life. That's really the battle here is our quality of life. Yorba Linda loves the quality of life that we, we enjoy in our city, and that's under attack, and that's going to cause people to reach that saturation point. Yeah, no, I agree. And then in terms of beautification projects, uh, I mean, the city is very lovely and it is, like, as you mentioned, pretty clean. Uh, are you uh, allocating dollars on an annual basis to uh, for street improvement or for landscape improvement or drought tolerant or those kinds of things that not only benefit the environment, but beautify the city? Great question. And yes, we do. We're one of the few cities that uh, you know, it's real easy to say, let's defer maintenance on the roads until we can really afford it. And then when you can't afford it, it's astronomical. Yeah. We are on a strict cycle of every three years we repair our roads and asphalt and either grind down and totally asphalt or slurry seal. And that's why you can, and the joke is you can kind of get a blindfold, drive down La Palma, and you'll know when you leave your Belinda because of the roads. <laughs> the asphalt's a different shade, right? <laughs> well, there's a lot more bumps and ditches and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, that's kind of an ongoing joke. But we put a lot of emphasis emphasis on our infrastructure. Uh, our landscaping, as you mentioned, we real early went on to recognize that we need to have a drought-tolerant uh, California native plant-based uh, landscape, and we've done that. We're minimizing grass now. In fact, we don't virtually put grass anywhere. Right. We use these plants, and it, and you can be beautiful. It doesn't have to look like Arizona with cactus and white rock. We have some really nice, nice uh, landscape palettes. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess the other question I wanted to ask, too, is with regards to trash, right? So we have properties in all cities throughout uh, uh, Orange County, and the cost of trash uh, has doubled, if not tripled, partly as a result of just the fact that it costs more to dump it uh, and gas prices to get it there, but also coming out of Sacramento with uh, all of the mandates for organics and for recycling and for food waste and, and those types of things. And, and I know there's a mandate for just like the housing for all of the cities to comply or, or force their vendors to comply with uh, making sure that everybody's doing that, at least on the commercial side. H how do you guys view that as well? Well, that's interesting. Uh, Sacramento is very good at uh, handing out mandates with no money that goes with it. Yeah. So that cost is uh, went to our, our haulers, uh, our trash haulers. And again, we're a contract city. So we contract for our trash removal, and their costs are going up. We've sat down, met with them, took a, a pencil to every little dollar that we pay, and recognized, yeah, this is not their fault. They're passing on their costs that they get to us, and we've had to steadily increase that. The problem is because of the way the economy has been and uh, they have a hard time getting employees that uh, their schedules sometimes fall behind and there's very little tolerance in my community when we're paying more dollars and getting less in the way of quality service. That's not a good formula. Yeah, no, no question. And and the homeowner doesn't, I, I think, 
blatantly realize the increase in the cost because in a lot of instances your trash shows up on your tax bill and it's not necessarily a separate bill from a commercial perspective you get the bill every month and then you start seeing line items on there for environmental environmental charge or you just have the cost just go up that is so true it's the first time ever i've heard my constituents complain about boy what was your electric bill hey what was your gas bill man it really jumped no one ever paid attention to that before now they are yeah and and that gets back to the whole theme I, i i think i agree with you in the sense that really for me the overall health of the economy and where uh cost is going and what uh people are doing with respect to that and what government's doing to try and curb it because you do have electric costs that are up 30 40 percent i mean insurance uh, whether it's your home or your office building or your retail center or your apartment building, it's up 30 to 50%. People don't want to write policies in California anymore. And you can just go down the line, whether it's the trash or other things. So if all the things around you are going up, at the end of the day, that has to impact not only the value of my home, but the quality of my life. It absolutely does impact it. Uh, fortunately, we've been able to maintain the value and quality of our homes. Uh, I think really what you're talking about here, we're in a, a political cultural battle which really gets to the grassroots of why would anyone in their right mind want to get into politics? Well, I don't consider myself a politician. I consider myself an elected official. And I'll explain the difference. A politician listens to the people and does their bidding. An elected official listens to the people and does the right thing. Two different options. Because I'm not concerned about what's my next move up the ladder like a politician is, I'm here about taking care of the people that elected me to do a good job for them. Makes it a whole lot different. I had a career. Politics is not my career. I I had a very nice career. And so I'm going to do the right thing and tell people, say, hey, we're tired of you, Gene. We want you out. Uh, Although in Yorba Linda, we have term limits. So I'm out next year anyway after 12 years. And so what will be the plan for you after you're done with it? Is it the golf course, the beach, or you got... uh, No, you know what? You can't have a life of public service. And uh, as I mentioned, police works, people work. So I always enjoyed working with people. I'll look for another another avenue. I'm, I'm kind of toying with the idea of getting on the water board. I'm really interested in water issues. We're heading into a drought. It's going to be a huge, not into a drought. We are in a drought. We had a rainy season, so people think, oh, the drought's over. No, it's not over. Uh, we're good for about a year, and then we're going to be back into this real dry cycle. So I think that's the next uh, area that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, look, I... I told you when we started it would go quick and uh, we're pretty much out of time. We could talk all day of great stuff to say and uh, I guess I would just close with the fact that uh, on behalf of everybody out there appreciate all the work that you've done in terms of uh, service to the community not only for law enforcement but within the city of Yorba Linda and and I wish you and your family and the city uh, much continued success going forward. Thank you so much and it is my passion. I love serving. Yeah, so we appreciate you coming on board. If people want to find out more about the city of Yorba Linda what's the website where they would go to. It would be uh, yorbalindaca.gov is our website. And it's a great website. We spent a whole lot of money now upgrading it, so I think they'll enjoy it. And my uh, my phone number there at the city is 714-961-7100. I'll meet with anyone, anytime, anywhere. So if they have a question or a concern, give me a holler. Good. Open door policy. I appreciate it. Gene Hernandez, City of Yorba Linda. We appreciate you having on, uh, coming on the show and sharing your thoughts with us. Uh, for those of you out there, we will see you when we come back from the hiatus. I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Talk Real Estate, and we'll see you next time. have it you've been listening to let's talk real estate your weekly bs with barry saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in southern california 
On Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studio here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center. 